0: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Mac Report for the 2021 season, a whistle-stop tour of the weekend's fixtures with me, Miles Horner, deputising for Pete Langley once again, who has uh, seen fit to take himself off to watch the Test match. So uh, I'd say lucky him, but after the first day's play, moving swiftly onwards. And indeed, here to talk about the first of the weekend's games, it's first team captain, Mr James Cross.
1: Hey mate, so yeah, we uh we went to Bowden, uh who are top of the league on Saturday, and we got greeted by uh, quite a wet pitch. Pitch had been left under cover, uh, sorry, without covers on Wednesday when there was a big storm, so it was rather wet. So uh so sadly, it had to have a bit of drying out time, which meant we were reduced to an eighty over game, so forty overs aside. The uh, I then won the toss and chose to have a bowl. So we knew that we were chasing, and we got to a really good start with Miles Bradshaw uh, getting a good wicket caught by Ben Kerwin. and then Miles also getting a big wicket of, uh, of Ross Selim, who scored, I think, probably the most uh, runs in the league. So good start for us. I think we had them seven for two. Then they got a little bit of a partnership going with their number four, their opening bat and keeper Pat Ashling. Before Birchie removed their number four, and Pat Jack Massey removed Pat Ashling. They could catch again off Ben Kerwin. Uh, that left them sort of 81 for four. Um, so we were pretty confident at that stage, but sadly, again, the game sort of got away from us a little bit. Um, then middle to lower order, uh, all chipped in with sort of 20s and 30s, which actually left them, uh, off the 40 overs 166 for six. So we, d- we definitely felt like we could chase it. And um, Due to it being the 80-over game as well, it meant that we had seven points in the bag, so uh, no matter what, it was worth us chasing it, especially with Bowden at the top and us sort of mid-table. Uh, pick of the bowlers: Miles Bradshaw, three for 34 of his 10. Uh, moorser got one for 61, Birchie won for 34 and Jack Massey won for 28 of his 10. So on to the batting. Uh, we didn't start particularly well. Um, sort of the only one... In our top five to get above 10 was Birchie with 11. Um, So it actually left us struggling at one point at 45 for six. But, gladly, Bona and uh, Bucky uh, put on a real good stand. They took us to about 84 for seven, so it made it a little bit more uh, respectable. And actually, um, Bucky and Jack Massey then continued getting us to 113 for eight before Bucky was given LBW. So at that stage, two wickets to go, we had uh, 50 odd to get, but it it didn't quite seem out of reach just yet. And in fairness, we got extremely close. Jack Massey uh, and Chris Moores at the end put in a nice little uh, 45 partnership on before, sadly, Jack Massey was run out and we ended up 158 all out. So just falling nine short of the big 25 points. But like I said, an excellent batting display uh, by Boner. Bucky and Jack Massey as well. They really took the game to them. And it's certain to say that Bowden were a little bit scared uh, at certain points. So it was good. And like you said, if, if they're the team to go up, it it, goes, it gives us a good indication of how close we are to that. So lots and lots of positives to take. Uh, this week, uh, we're at home to all, Very tough fixture. Again, we managed to beat them earlier in the season, so they'll be looking for some revenge. Uh, but fingers crossed we can get the big 25 points and then uh, enjoy tour.
0: And now joining me to review not one, but two second team games, it's second team captain Adam Longshaw.
1: Hi Miles, hope you're
2: well. Thank you for having me. Uh, glad to be back on the podcast. So this weekend saw the twos have a doubleheader. Um, so we took on Bowden at home on Saturday, and then we travelled to Olton Park on the Sunday. So Saturday's game, again, quite a young side out, but you know, plenty of experienced players in terms of, Lads who've played a bit of threes, you know, lads who've played a few games in the twos as well. So, you know, a young side, um, ready to sort of go out and see what we could do. Um, winning the toss and again, playing Bowden, who are mid-table side, you know, got quite a few decent players in there. We thought we'd see how many we could stick on the board, see how many points we can get, double batting points, and then see what we can do with the ball. Um, so I opened the batting for Matt Quis, Ian Kenny and Robin Farmer. Unfortunately, Ian went quite early to a good ball that uh, took an extra to slip, which brought Finn Nash to the crease. Uh, Robin and Finn batted really, really nicely, got a bit of a partnership going until unfortunately it was a bit of a mix-up, uh, and Robin was left stranded. But um, well, it made a really well-made 42 again, some really nice shots. You know, showing his class and showing that he's a more than capable batsman at this level. That brought myself to the crease with Finn, and unfortunately. I couldn't quite get going and that was a bit of the story of the rest innings. to be honest. Um, There's a few little cameos from Chris Flynn and Will Jennings but unfortunately not many of the lads managed to make double figures um, and the experience of Hal and other bowlers in, in the bowden second 11 team um, made us pay and unfortunately we bowled out for 117 um, which we knew would be a little bit short but you know it gave us a great chance to see what the bowlers could do and see if they could drag us out of the mess, I suppose, as much as you must say. Um, So even bowling with Ben Farmer and Harry Massey, both bowled really well, got the ball to move, got the ball to do a little bit off the surface as well. Um, And Ben got his reward getting the Bowden skipper um, out quite early. So we knew that early wickets would be the key Um, and getting one early one followed with another early second early one from caught by Finn Nash off the ball of Will Jennings. Um, and at 24 for two, we thought, yeah, we've got a real good scrap on here. Um, that soon became 54 for three. Um, and even, yeah, roughly the halfway mark for Bowden, we still thought we got a really good chance here. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be, you know, some more older experienced batsmen took the time getting in. I um, got themselves used to the surface and ended up, you know, hitting a few boundaries towards the end to get Bowden over the mark. Um, and unfortunately, Bowden running out the winners by seven wickets, But again, you know, a really, really promising bowling display, a really promising fielding display as well. I thought our ground fielding was excellent. And I thought, you know, had we got 50, 60 extra runs on the board, we could have made a real crack at it. Um, So it wasn't to be on Saturday. And it was fantastic to have, you know, players like Harry Massey back in who bowled a fantastic opening spell. But I've got to say for me, my man of the match for Saturday um, for a fantastic 42 and really getting us to, yeah, a respectable total. Um, so Saturday's man of the match has got to be Robin Farmer. And then on to Sunday. So Sunday saw a slightly changed side. Um, we managed to recruit back into the side, Chris France, James Coombs, uh, Jack Massey, Ollie Davis, uh, Stuart Parks. So five new faces, you know, and again, a lot of experience um, and lads who have done it at this level as well. Again, won the toss and, you know, not knowing really what the track would do, but also knowing that we couldn't really afford Alton Park to win the game um, and put loads of points between us and them, we decided to field first, open the bowling with Ollie Davis and Ben Farmer. And again, you know, a fantastic open spell from both of them. Um, You know, had us a really commanding position. Um, I think it's safe to say that Ollie Davis probably bowled the spell of his life or the spell of the season, at least, including, you know, a Second level hat trick, which doesn't happen very often, but a very well earned second 11 hat trick against some good batsmen. Um, you yeah, know, there was no batsman in there who threw the wicket away, it was all genuine dismissals, LBWs, bolds, caught behind, etc. Um, and at 31 for five, you yeah, know, we were laughing, um, and sort of under 50 was looking like it could be the option and it could be a really sort of realistic hope. There was then a little partnership, um, their skipper got in, managed to score a few. And we managed to, yeah, we just weathered the storm a little bit and just saw how they got going. Um, the introduction of a bit of spin with Jack Massey proved to be a good introduction. Um, and Jack took the wicket of their skipper in the 20 caught by the aforementioned Ollie Davis, who was you know, in the game where he could be. So that was took them to 74 for six. Um, and as we know, in the second 11, there's never any easy wickets. So we knew we were going to have to work hard and we knew we were going to have to Really, put a shift in to see, you know, see the tail out and and get it to under one ten, even under hundred if possible. You know, we managed to get that done with again another second brilliant second spell from Ollie Davis picking up two more wickets, and also you know, a good second spell from Ben Farmer and Jack Massey cleaning up the tail as well. Um, you know, the fact that we've managed to bowl them out for one twenty on what was an okay track um, with quite a short boundary either side. Um with you know what would probably be class as quite an inexperienced bowling lineup, quite a young bowling lineup, says an awful lot about the bowlers and I thought every single bowler, you know, was fantastic, every single bowler, you know, got the ball to do something and really provided challenges for the opposition. So at the halfway mark, bowling the mark for one twenty, we knew we were quite happy with that. But obviously as with cricket, it's only half a job done. With the bat, Frenchie opened up with James Coombs. Um, unfortunately, Coombs you got a good one early doors, which brought Finn Nash out to Crease. Um, and Frenchy and Nashy batted really well, got us, got us going, got us to a really, really good solid platform um, before Frenchy went for a really well-made 39. Um, so the score was 75 for two. Nashy was still there. A couple of quick wickets came and went. Jack Massey, Robin Farmer both went to the spinner, um, which brought myself to the Crease along with Nashy. Yeah, we just you know took it slowly. Got the runs going where we could do. Um, I managed to sort of move a couple to the boundary. Um, not very well timed, but luckily he got over the rope. Um, and Nashi carried on scoring where he could. And yeah, we managed to get over the line fairly comfortably um, for a six-wicket win, which was massive for us. Um, and again, it sort of brings on part back into that relegation battle. But also for us, which is massive, it, it takes us out of the relegation zone and really gives us something to hold on to now. Um I must apologise to Nashi. Um I had a bit of a nightmare with him. He was stuck on forty nine for a while and he was on strike. There was a lab bowling, quite wide down the leg side. So this lab bowled one, it beat the keeper, so I ran through thinking the umpire wasn't going to give it a wide um with two to win. And unfortunately the umpire gave it a wide and it was an extra wide for the run. So I left Nashi stranded on forty nine. So I apologize, Finn. Um, but again, yeah, a really, really mature, confident knock for someone of his age as well. My man of the match for the Sunday has got to be Ollie Davis for his six wickets. Um, again, a really solid spell of bowling, but you know, just another really mature, confident performance from a young lad, and just showing that you know all these young lads in the side—they're uh, not just there to make up the numbers; they are there to contribute where possible. So, yeah, fantastic win on the Sunday. Fantastic to see Nashi score some runs, Ollie Davis take some wickets. Um, and again, it gives us a really good chance to now scrap um, and see where we get to the end of the season.
0: Saturday saw the third team host our perennial friends, Stockport Trinity, for uh, a game in which the third team knew we really needed to get back on uh, track after a disappointing performance the week before against Timperley which started very well unsurprisingly I'm going to say that now because I seem to have turned over a new leaf I uh, won the toss yet again and elected to field there was a little bit of discussion between myself and a couple of the other players after last week um, you know we we looked at the track and and thought it was going to be really bowler friendly and it ended up being pretty uh, pretty good track for batting but you know a week on bit of weather had been around and certainly we felt the conditions were going to be conducive for bowling. So as I say, I elected to field and that was immediately proved a very good decision as Ed Strong took the first wicket, second ball of the innings with uh, an absolutely outrageous delivery that uh, swung away, nipped off the seam and uh, clipped the top of the off stump. um, Too much celebration and leaving uh, the batsman a little bit perplexed as as to what had just happened, frankly. And then from the other end, in a a little bit of a change, I gave the new ball to Andrew up to share with Ed Strong. Straight away found his lines and indeed his lengths. Um, Bowled with some real pace. Found, um, as you'd expect from a guy who's at least 17 foot tall. uh, Found a bit of bounce and movement off the seam and was very very difficult to play there are a number of chances that kind of went in the air um, false shots inside edges so Andrew Andrew bowled a really hostile spell and uh, ended up bowling eight overs one maiden one for 28 including a richly deserved wicket which was caught by Yash Jane. At the other end, Ed went on, as you would expect, uh, shaping the ball, finding a bit of swing. um, And again, a few sort of uh, half chances that didn't quite carry. But by this stage, the opener Rickson and number three Daniel Smith had just started to find a little bit of the pace of the pitch, um, scored a few runs, Um, particularly the number three Smith looked quite a dangerous player. He hit a, a couple of Um, Very pleasing drive straight back down the ground. However, as I mentioned, Andrew did remove him um, for 17. So with the score um, about 35 for 2, we felt that we were right on top. And knowing uh, sort of Stockport Trinity, they tend to, uh, you know, once you get through the first three or four batsmen, it tends to be slightly plainer sailing. Um, Myself and Steve Whittingham then entered the fray um, and just kind of kept it really tight We picked up a few wickets along the way, including their number four, Ollie Potts, who was by far the outstanding batsman for them. Um, He managed to get himself to 41. And whilst we just thought he might threaten to kick on, Witters, with all that experience, uh, managed to tempt him. Tempted him down the track a couple of times and then he ended up bold, much to uh, much to the merriment of myself and Curly Moores, who were having a little bit of a chat with him about a few bits. And yes, Steve picked up his, uh, his second wicket there. First wicket was uh, their number five, who had a big hullabaloo and was well caught in the deep by Harry Owens. Um, I then got in on the act and picked up a couple of wickets, including their captain first ball to a, well... A Shin high full bunger. Um, I'd love to know how many of my wickets over the years have been Shin high full bungers, but as I always tell the lads, it's uh, it's a very undervalued ball in third team cricket. Witt has continued about his work on his way to collecting uh, four wickets. He bowled a spell of 10 overs, one maiden, four for 26. And then towards the end of the innings, Alistair Knight was uh, brought into the attack and uh, continued in the role that he's found himself in for much of the season, which is coming on and and burrowing out the rabbits at the end. Um, 2.5 overs, Snow Maidens 245. Um, and that left Stockport Trinity all out for 116 in 36.5 overs. In reply, there was a bit of discussion before our innings about how we needed to right some wrongs of the previous weeks um, and make sure that we we knuckle down and 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 don't turn <laughs> don't turn this chase into more hard work than it needs to be. Yash Jane and Will Morris open the batting with Will Morris back into the side after a couple of decent knocks for the the fourth team. Sadly, he was unable to uh, graft a score out, and neither was Yash, who both uh, sort of lost their wickets relatively early on. Joe Haig, in at number three, then really steadied the ship and uh, sort of set the foundation for, for Andy Moores. Curly was uh, particularly aggressive, um, as you would imagine, sweeping lots um, and sort of rattled along the score um, with a number of pretty eye catching boundaries. He put a couple of sixes onto the main ground, much to the uh, adulation of of everyone around. Um, Joe Haig eventually fell for 19. Uh, Richard Flint didn't hang around too long, kind of came in and did a typical Richard Flint thing, had a block, had a big swing uh, and it wasn't his day. Um, And At that point, it just started to feel like we might might be making this slightly harder work than we needed to. Uh, Steve Whittingham next in was then uh, a judged LBW and James Wilson sort of came in with, with about 20 runs needed and played his part actually. He only faced 15 balls and scored six runs but what he did do was just manage to turn the strike over, get Curly back on strike who by this point had passed 50 and whilst Wilson fell Alistair Knight then came to the crease um, with not too much to do and as I say Curley rather took uh, Took the game home with 65 from 40 balls, um, 4s 3-6s. Um, thus, Macclesfield won the game, scoring 117 for 6 off 20.5 overs. A really pleasing performance. Um, great to kind of get back on the winning train and, as I say, uh, put sort of Stockport Trinity to the sword, as was always the aim and always will be the aim. Um, but yeah, player of the day, not a difficult one. Andy Moores, uh, 65 not out, just running the show. and um, taking us over the line next week we have um a rather long away day for the third team we're we're out playing maritime which um i'm reliably informed is is closer to ireland than cheshire uh, i think that might be a lie but it is rather a long way up into the wirral for us so we look forward to that um and onwards and upwards and now moving on to the fourth team as ever we're joined by 14 captain
3: matt cunningham so the fours made the tricky journey to offerton Tricky in both senses of the word, to be honest. It's uh, very difficult to get to. Um, and they elected to bat after winning the toss on what looked like quite a good batting batting track. And to be fair to them, it was clearly the right decision because they put on quite a few runs. So from their 40 overs, they managed to bat through. They put on 196 uh, for only five wickets, which is obviously going to be a very difficult target to chase. Um, but to be fair to us, uh, within that, total. There were actually a few notable bowling performances that are worth pointing out. Um should just say that we had a, quite a few juniors uh, on that day uh, who were absolutely excelled, kind of put us seniors to shame at times. Um, pick of the bowlers, certainly Charlie Ackley, managed to get himself a three for Thoroughly deserved. Uh, bowled 10 overs, went for 31 runs. Uh, bowled two maidens as well. Um, Iron managed to get himself a couple of wickets as well, so that was decent for him. Uh, but the two under 13s who are bowling for us. Um, Ollie Mitchell and Harry Boyd were absolutely superb. I mean, how Ollie didn't manage to get himself at least one wicket, I have no idea. He found the edge many times, uh, a few balls kind of dropping just short of a fielder or just over their head kind of thing. So he was desperately unlucky, but he was absolutely brilliant, as was Harry. I mean, Harry was called up very last minute on the Saturday morning, but you would not have known it from the way he bowled. He actually bowled our final over of their innings. um, And they, he just completely unfazed. He was very controlled with his bowling, didn't bother him at all. They tried to hit him for big shots. So he was excellent. But obviously 196 or 197 to chase is never easy. And unfortunately, we didn't even come close. Uh, so essentially we were bowled out for 59 after about 20 odd overs. um so it was quite a heavy defeat um i should say the other juniors um jacob tidswell another under 13 got double figures as did billy bridgewater they actually looked pretty decent themselves maybe a little unlucky uh, we were basically skittled by one of their lads who seemed it very well and we couldn't really cope so he got himself eight wickets um and that was kind of the sorry tale of the day in many ways but as of previous weeks i think it was um Real positive to have so many really promising juniors play for us. I should also mention out, uh, shout out to Burge, got a very nice, very strong, uh, 12 not out down the bottom of the order. I'm sure he would have gone to big things had one of us hung about. I'm sure he would tell you. Um, but yeah, big defeat in the end, unfortunately. And, um, one I think we're quite keen to move on from. Uh, but in terms of player of the day, it certainly has to be Charlie Ackley for his three wickets. He's really coming on, just came back from injury. He was superb, real pace on the ball, turn as well, variation. That was superb to watch. Um, And on to next week, hopefully see some more juniors throughout the season. Next week, we are at home to Bowdoin Vale. So hopefully real opportunity there to get back in the win column and go on from there. Here to discuss the Sunday 11's fixture, I'd like to welcome for the first time to the podcast,
0: Mr Robbie Jennings, who was filling in for his brother, who was uh, elsewhere on Sunday, but more about that after this.
4: So I'm standing in uh, for Tom, uh, for the Sunday team. We played at home to Ashton on Mersey on Sunday. And we were a little bit low on on players due to the, the rugby versus cricket fixture, but uh, thanks to some... Some of the younger lads, some under 13, some under 15 standing in, we managed to get a side out and uh, it was a good day for it. Uh, We always knew it was going to be a tough game. Uh, Ashland and Mersey um, have been doing quite well. Uh, We lost the toss and they decided to have a bowl first. Um, It didn't go ideally. We got uh, bowled all out for 89. Top scored was Alistair Knight with 18. Toby Wilson coming in and getting 15 or 16 not out at the end as well. That was a really good um, contribution from him as well. Uh, we always knew it was going to be a tough, a tough score to defend and they managed to do it with eight wickets left. The first wicket went, the lad managed to walk onto his own wickets and then Alistair Knight took a really good catch off the bowling of George Ackerley. Um, but unfortunately, it, it it wasn't enough. It wasn't a big enough total. Uh, I think big thanks go to all of the under 13s and the under 15s who decided to step in and uh, and get some some experience in in the senior teams. Uh, thanks to Stuart Griffiths for for umpiring for the best part of 40 overs of our batting innings as well. That yeah, that was a big help. And I think the player of the day is going to be Alistair Knight. Uh, he top scored with the bat and he and he bowled really well to open the bowling as well. So, yeah, well done to Alistair. And this weekend we're away at Bowdoin. Uh, Hopefully we'll get a bit of a a better result than this one. Um, Tom's back, so um, hopefully a bit better captaining as well. Cheers, mate.
0: And finally, before we wrap up the podcast, Mr Pete Langley did find a few minutes just to tell us about the festivities of Sunday's rugby versus cricket doubleheader, firstly starting with the over-40s. Over to you, Pete Langley.
5: Sunday, the 1st of August, saw the annual rugby versus cricket showdown. This year with the additional elements added of the over 40s Cricket versus the Rugby Club 4th Eleven. Our very own Dave Cowan won the toss and elected to field, and the rugby club made an entertaining start as both the Smith brothers opened the batting. It was, however, the questionable qualification in the age category of Freddie Ayres which caused most controversy as his superb fielding dismissed both the opening batters. The over-40s players seem to be getting younger and younger by the year. There was one serious and utterly disgusting moment of cricket that it is important to mention and such a shame that on a great day um, it does have to be mentioned, but I won't ignore it and, and I'll bring it to the light of the wider audience. Keith, the cricket club captain, did something I've never seen at Victoria Road before and he took to the crease in a kilt. The cricket club cruised home. In the first fixture, but not before Dave Cowan would replace the Bales WG Grace style and tell the Empire he most certainly wasn't out. That fixture set the scene for the more established rugby versus cricket T20 and ever present rugby captain Tom Burden won the toss and elected to field. Would it be a good decision? We'd wait to find out. There were some notable debuts, none more so from Ev Wynn. The experienced and frequently mentioned Frankie Barker was there, but the less said about that, the better. This year's competition saw the introduction of exciting fielding and batting power plays, but not as you will have ever seen before in a cricket fixture. The first one, Andy Bradshaw, took to the field in the fielding power play and looked good, but he didn't want to get his new trainers dirty or Mrs B would ground him, so he dodged the ball effectively. The moment of the game was when Dave Bostock took on the fielding power play. He came on to bowl and dismissed the cocky. Miles Bradshaw. Job done, Dave took his seat back on the bank with a pint of beer in hand. The less said about the power play, or the super over should I say, at the end of the game the better. All I will add in my defence is that Matt Thorpe is an incredibly talented batter. Matt Thorpe indeed took to the field alongside Pete Thorpe and Mary Thorpe, so the Thorpes managed to outdo the Moorses this year as a family representation. More importantly, the two clubs raised over £600 for motor neuron disease to contribute to the hard work and charity fundraising of our very own Rick Usher. Well done to everyone who played, contributed, watched and indeed spent hours before the event setting up PA Systems and Speakers. One final thing to mention would be that Tatey probably is over the hill and slightly past it, as everyone will have witnessed me smashing him to four to the backward point boundary. Um, Admittedly I was trying to hit him to count corner and he's a little bit quicker than I anticipated but the bruise on my shoulder isn't too bad this morning.